ready? Ready. Excited. All right, Chaz, welcome back to the grid. August 30th. Your voice sounds extra gritty this morning. I know, man. I've been sick. It's been almost two weeks. Two weeks of sickness. I cannot shake it. Hmm. Miserable, dude. Are you... You're not drinking enough. That's the thing. You know what? I just got back on on the booze? Yeah. This is how you stay healthy, is you make your body so toxic that even disease can't stick around. I like that. Yeah. I drink my... I feel that my body can handle more than the silly little cold virus or the flu virus or... Or any wimpy little bacteria. So you don't get sick? No. Just make it a toxic stew in there. Just it looks booze. toxic. Yeah. It looks really riddled with something. Yep. Um, I, the reason why I like that is whenever I do go on a diet, not like a diet, but like a strict kind of regimented, yep. like, oh, I'm not going to eat dairy. Get then, sick. Yeah. Well, no. Like a month later, I'll have the smallest bit of cheese and my stomach turns yeah. and it gets sick because I just have zero exposure to it at that point. Yep. So you want to build up a tolerance S- to everything. Stay toxic. The kids stay who never toxic, go outside and scrape their knees are the ones who always have a That's runny what I'm nose. Saying. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, there's something to this. All traveling through the Middle East and stuff, we would drink tap water uh, in Egypt. I did get amoebic dysentery and was stuck in a hospital for seven days, but worth it. From that point on, you're now bulletproof. I'm bulletproof, I so think. I haven't, had, I haven't had amoebic dysentery again. Huh. Okay, I'll, I'll vet this out with um, some of our yeah doctors for the doc- doctor listeners. Yeah, I feel that the human body, the human body, can be more toxic than anything else. There's something to this. Yep. Uh, what's news, dude? We just had some breaking news over the transom. There's, I mean, the big WSL uh, big wave tour has been radically altered. Which here's the funny thing. Okay, here's the thing. Right. This big press release comes out. I was just scrolling through Instagram and saw everybody was on it, right? Stab had their breaking news. Uh, The inertia, I think, broke it last night that Mavericks. So I guess for those who don't know, uh, the WSL has just changed their format for the Big Wave World Tour. Uh, They basically dropped every event except for Nazare, which will be a toe event, and Jaws, which will be a paddle event. So there's two events. And then what they're calling strike missions. Um, so it's, I would imagine just, you know, a wave is going to be breaking somewhere and they'll send cameras out and get live. I don't know if it'll be live or if they'll just do video content. But anyway, that and then the big wave awards. So basically Mavericks got shit canned. Uh, what else is off? What else was part of the big wave world tour? I think they had Puerto Escondido for the last year or two. Actually. Yeah. So Puerto Escondido is gone. Everything is gone. Any big wave spot is gone except for Nazare, which will again be a toe event. Which and, is weird. And um, our uh, Jaws, which will be a paddle event. All fine and good. And, you know, I, I like the, the spunk of the WSL here, I think, to yeah. turn big wave surfing into what it likely should be is a strike thing anyway. Like it's, it's hard to have a tour, I think, for big waves, right? Yeah. I mean, all these huge windows from November to January or November to March or whatever the windows are for these things, and then sometimes they run, sometimes they don't. Yeah. Uh, there was years, one was it last year, that, I mean, yeah, last year, Cal Kenley didn't even stand up or stood up, but didn't complete a wave and won the title because right. they only ran one event for the women, which was Jaws, and she did the best out of the women who were in that event by not completing a ride by not completing a ride. So like the idea of a big wave tour, I think is difficult. And so I like the, I like where they're going with this, but also 
I don't really care, to be honest. I mean, I don't know why everybody's treating it like breaking news, this big deal. Like, how how much big wave surfing does anyone follow? Nobody follows any of it. And so to get all riled up over this thing is, again, I mean, I'm not trying to be rude. I'm being really rude by saying, who really cares? Um, the big wave world tour operated outside of the WSL, you know, for a lot of years. And the WSL purchased it a few years ago. Um, the Mavericks event was outside of the Big Wave World Tour even up until a couple years ago. Then I guess the WSL purchased that recently, recently. and now they're not using it. Yep. It, I, w- I wonder how furious people like Ma- Mavericks, either specialists or Mavericks surfers are. Because that's, that's the one think, that really fell on the sword here. I feel like they would prefer not to have a contest at their spot. You think? Yeah, I, I mean, do. Especially yeah. that... Every kind of surf community is different, but that one is kind of, I would think, anti-establishment. It's true. And knowing that the, the theoretical day of the year is going to be blocked off yeah, would be exactly. pretty pretty annoying. Which they had the day of the year last year, and they still didn't run the event. Precisely. Yeah. So there is a lot going on behind the scenes uh, politically, certainly with the Mavericks event. Um, I've advocated for the idea of the strike mission like we don't need to put parameters creating a surf contest first of all is already anti what surfing really is anyways so it's kind of trying to fit a square peg in a round hole even with short boards or long boards or any type of surfing but more so with big waves so i think that they're making a step in the right direction by trying to figure out just rethink it completely from the ground up but i would love to see what their plan is for this strike mission thing this press release is almost premature unless you tell us what the idea is behind the strike mission i mean the strike mission it says in there it's basically i mean it's it's a paragraph it's not it's not detailed but it does say you know we're going to follow surfers basically to where something's happened so i'm sure they'll they'll track some swell right They'll send the cameras there. Surfers will know to go there if they want to. If they want to be on camera, I guess, or with their own film crews. But the, yeah, what they do with that content? I mean, will they broadcast it live? I would imagine not, right? No, I would imagine they would not. Know. I would. I would think that they would not. Let's use. Um, so people, the best surfers or the best big wave surfers, surfers in the world, always go to the spot when it's happening, anyways. Mm-hmm. So the WSL is now trying to kind of create a framework around how can we partner this with what we're already doing so let's use tahiti as an example the trials event they called off because the swell was too big but all the right people were there to charge pato happened to get streaming up for us so that we could watch that live um so how does that i guess at the end of the day, they just review all the footage and go, this guy got the best ride. It's like the almost like the XXL Awards previously from Billabong. If, if, We're just at the end of the year. We all review everything and kind of measure it up and say, this guy wins. It, it feels like that's what it is, but I don't know how that squares then with the toe event and the paddle event, right? Right, right, and, right, right, right. And it's, there's no guarantee that Jaws and Nazare would necessarily run every year, but I guess, I guess there's Nazare and Jaws both get big enough to run every year, right? Correct. I mean, you can pretty much guarantee there's going to be something one day at both of those waves. And there's enough, yeah, there's going to be something one day and there's enough waves 
like those spots are so consistent. There's enough ways pouring in when the swell is there. Whereas Mavericks, it's kind of a little bit more hit and miss. So, so I guess there's it's just not a tour. My reading between the lines, it's just not a tour at all anymore. You win. There's no big wave surfer of the year. Yeah. You win. You know, somebody could win Nazare. Same guy could win Jaws, but he's not the tour champion. He just won both Nazare and Jaws, and then he could also win the Double XL Awards, and just you know, I guess. Yeah, in that way, it's a grand. It's like a grand slam, right? Where yeah. you could have a hat trick. You could you could win the triple crown of big wave surfing if you won ride of the year, and won Piahi and won Nazare. Yeah. Then you could you could triple crown it up. The more we discuss it, the more I think this makes sense. Sure. Um, makes great sense. My my only uh, two questions that I have, or two thoughts that I have on it, is a. Uh, is it are people getting all into it on the media? I mean, is surf media getting into it? Because I've seen it more than I see typical WSL press re- press releases. Because why? What's the what's the interest here? Is it just Slow because Newsday? I mean, yeah. Is the WSL reached out and the WSL did a did a purposeful push to try to get this thing out through existing surf media which they never do right like no i so rarely get a call from the wsl yeah for i mean for anything yeah um and so but you know i got a call for this one yeah uh and so is it like is that a sea change in the wsl's thinking like okay we're going to start involving the surf media or is I don't know. That's this, a good is, question. is this actually a big deal and i'm no just it's not being a, big a deal. bummer on it yeah i mean Gosh, I don't know. Look at the metrics. Are more people watching those big wave events? Are there a lot of eyeballs on that stuff? I would imagine with hype. Uh, with you, Facebook? You could hype up a big wave event in way in ways that you can't hype up. I mean, you know, because you have your con- your week or 10-day con- or two-week or 10-day contest period for a regular swell, right? But I'm sure that that second day the or the whatever, day before the final day at Tahiti spiked because the WSL really did a, this is going to be the swell of the year push. Yeah. Uh, and I think that their numbers were probably really good. And that's something you could totally do in big wave stuff, right? Like we're yeah. going to get, see massive waves. It's, it allows big wave surfing allows for all those superlatives that I think you can kind of get the person semi interested to kick over into actually logging on. I think that, um, it has more interest for the general community, like the big wave world tour stuff I think enough people have heard of Jaws at this point and even maybe Nazare because that makes mainstream news when it goes off. So there's enough using kind of Facebook and social media marketing. They could transition non-surfers into watching those events for part of a day more than they would people to get get randos to watch the Tahiti event. Totally. And I and I would imagine too, you know, if if you get like some epic Nazare day or Jaws day, you can make Sports Center, yeah, you know, or totally. whatever. Like there's you can be on ESPN, you can hit the mainstream news and all that. So the interesting or the smart move now that we think about it um, is if you're going to run one toe event in the world, where would it be? Nazare. Yeah. Would be the the place. Sure. You know, like that's the most treacherous, it's the most harrowing, interesting to watch, the cliff dramatics in the foreground. And if you're gonna run one paddle event, where would it be? Jaws. Piahi. Yeah. Right. So it's like they kind of figured out Sure. It's redundant almost to have a secondary event at a lesser venue. Yep. Um Smart. There's almost not enough. So with um shortboarding, the difference between Tahiti and Karamas 
is evident clearly. And so it's worth having 11 different stops on tour sure. to showcase all these different things. But in big wave world, big wave surfing, you're just knifing a drop and going straight, maybe doing a bottom turn. That's it. Yep. So why not just do that at the best venue? Smart. They figured it out. You know, you know what I would like them, uh, like now that they're doing this, figuring it out with the big wave world tour, I would like them to figure out the little wave world tour as well. What's your biggest gripe? I mean, I think they should. Uh, coming off of Tahiti, which did you enjoy the Tahiti event? So much. Yeah, a lot of fun. That one day. I mean, the whole. Because I read one thing that you wrote and made me think you didn't like it. Uh, yeah, I didn't like day two. I, w- I mean, I'm sorry. I'm only. Final day. I didn't like the final day. To me, the whole event was only two days, right? Which is, again, the problem with having such a large field is I can't even remember what they ran the first days or how the waves even were. You know, by the time yeah. we get to the. By the time we got to, there was what, a seven-day layoff? Yeah. No. Um, it was a long enough to really... It took a few days to start. Then they ran two days. Then they had two days off. And then we ran two okay. days. Okay. It felt like I know. interminable in the middle there. I know. But, but yeah, that, I mean, the one day, the day, we're just going to call it the day. Yeah, finals day I wasn't a fan of. Finals day was was slow, and I felt that... Um, it's just a lesser version of the previous Precisely. Day. And the, the drama wasn't there. I mean, I, I know they try to build up the drama for... You know who's gonna who's gonna win or whatever. But at that point, it was such a fun day of surfing the the previous day yeah. that it was hard hard to get excited about finals day. But me. by the end of it, you're so it was like going to a Las Vegas buffet. Yep. And you just like gorge yourself. I, and you're like, man, I really wanted crab legs and I really wanted beef Wellington. And now I can never look at another piece of food in my life. So full. Yeah. I was so full after after that first day. I it was, was starving going into it. It was a beautiful day. It was so much fun. Yeah. It was a fun day of surfing. Um, but anyway, so to go from, I mean, we'll, we'll come back to Tahiti, I'm sure. But to go from that to Lemoore, what a giant bummer. What an absolute disaster. Just as this press release, I get more clarity on it the more we discuss it. Lamore, I have more clarity on it after three years now of discussing it. We know what it is. It's crystal clear to me how much of a misstep that is to have that event on tour and for those points that you accumulate in a pool to go towards a world title. It's ridiculous. Where I'd, I threw out this to the WSL, threw this gem of an idea out of cut the stinking pool and do this strike, have give the surfers two months or whatever a month i guess be a month give them a month to go bag the best clip and do a you know what was the video series by taylor Steele or whatever inner intermission intersection intersection yeah was it intersection do one of those where you go out and you have a month to go bag your best you know minute and a half clip or 30 second clip or whatever it is uh for all the top surfers and just have an online judging for and that's I mean, maybe it doesn't go for the you know tour points or anything. Yeah. But give, give a little break to to because why? Why does everything have to be this contest format, right? Which they've did, so they've broken it up now for the for the big wave tour, which I would like to see them incorporate that strike mission thing to the tour, also the regular tour, the tour well, we all watch. And the by the way, the Surf Ranch event is a broken format they're not running the same format there nope than they do for the rest of it it's totally you know, different it's totally different the, that surf ranch event did you do you remember it from last year yeah completely do, do you remember enjoying it so i was there on site you All were there day. for a day was, or two i was there for a day yeah um 
so the being there is fun. Sure. You know, like that, that kind of energy is fun, but as an event, no, it's, I guess as a novelty event, it would be fun as a standalone. I do not think that it, um, you can't really reconcile that with the rest of the tour. Like the style of surfing. The one thing I remember complaining about last year was like Julian Wilson was going for a world title and he had committed to trying to do this backside. I don't even know what you would call the trick. We'd have to ask Chris Cote, but it's like um, a shove it and he's grabbing the rail and he's rotating. So it's like a three, six, 360 degree air. Plus there's a shove it involved or something. And he couldn't quite nail it. And he got so close and he had four opportunities on the left. So my thought was he needs to safety surf a wave to get a third place finish in Lemoore so that he can accumulate enough points towards his world title campaign. But Julian was like, no, I'm going to go for gold and I'm going to not nail this thing. And then I'm going to get first in Lemoore. And that created a real problem for me because you either go for the world title, surf safely. If the incentive is to surf safely so that you win a world title, it undermines the entire world title. Yep. He needs to be incentivized to actually nail that 10 point ride. Yep. You know? So that was a problem. Um, whereas in the ocean format, you have enough opportunities or you can, uh, you have two scoring rides. Like there's just, well, you, you can, can actually go for that and fail and still win the heat. And you never know really what the wave is going to give you in the, in an ocean format. So you, there's it's not that. like you can have a trick in your mind well, that that's you, the you're going to nail, right? That's the entirely other problem with it is you and I know exactly which wave Julian Wilson is going to get three weeks from now. Yep. He's going to get a four foot left and it's going to have a little bit of a barrel section. It's going to have. A white, wa- you know, white water climb at the beginning, two of them, and then he gets barreled, and then he's going to come out and try to do an air. Like, we already know that. Are you, uh, are you ready to be surprised by? Do you even have the capability in your heart to be surprised by somebody? What somebody does at Surf Ranch? Do you think somebody's going to come, come? Philippe Toledo is going to come with something that he's been secretly honing that we've never seen before. Yeah, they're all going to do something new that we haven't seen before, and that has value on Instagram as watching it as a clip, but it doesn't, again, it doesn't have the same spectacle as the ocean does where we're not like the beauty of Tahiti was not knowing who was going to huck themselves over a ledge or who, what opportunities would arise or what the ocean would deliver watching the Hobgoods heat, wondering if CJ is going to get a wave, you know, like that is all of the excitement. A lot of fun, that Tahiti. Should the we, scarcity. Should we circle back to Tahiti? Yeah, completely. Um, so not to beat a dead horse because I bring this up all the time, but you're right. Those first two days of the event, they're akin to a trials event. Yeah. They ran in shoulder-high surf with guys doing turns. Not a single wave is going to end up on a highlight reel. Not a single photo from that anybody's going to use for their own purposes or marketing or anything like that. Not even a single surfer was cut, right? I mean, those first two one, days. One surfer from the CT was cut, Michael yeah. Rodriguez. The other three were replacements and wild cards. So it has zero ramifications for the world title, has zero ramifications for qualification. Nothing. It's just completely wasted two days of everybody's time and resource. White noise. And yeah. I, I've said this at every single event this year. I it's mean, ridiculous. But this is the thing: is I don't, I do not understand. We talked about it last time, and we'll talk about it. I'll only mention it once this time. What besides the World Surf League being a pyramid scheme? 
what in the world is keeping them or ha- having them keep the field that stinking large? Is there is the surfers union so strong that they'll all go on strike and there'll be a shutout like baseball? I mean, what's the point? Why don't they say next year? Okay, this is ridiculous. This is everybody says it, everybody knows it. These events are taking too long to finish. We're cutting the we're culling the field. Sorry, everybody. Back to the QS. If you're below, what? I mean, what's the perfect draw? I think there could be 12 surfers on tour. The women have 17. That's pretty good. Yeah. But maybe 12 would yeah. be the right number. 12 surfers. I mean, who, who below that 12 do we even care about? Nobody. You know what and I mean? The, like, and, and just think, if, if you did that, if you cut the actual tour to 12, how fun would this be? You could use some of those early days of a waiting period to have some like real cutthroat WQS competition that people would actually watch. Right? I'd be fine with that. Like, I, I mean, I don't care if the WS has 103 thousand heats like do whatever you want there i mean that's your seems that's where your real pyramid money making scheme is going anyway so why not just call the and then just give give everybody the best surfers on the best wave yeah i think also the qs needs to have waves of consequence on their tour as well because one thing that i would love to see you write about on beach grit i'm surprised nobody wrote about it actually um william cardoso the panda. Did not go on waves. Yago Dora did not go on waves. William Cardoso lost his heat with two rides. Both were less than a point. Yeah. One was 0.5. The other one was 0.93. He, he refused to paddle. And the same thing at the box this year when he lost against Kelly. Yep. He just, he's afraid to go on waves sure. out there. And that is a disgrace. Like, you should not be able to get onto the world tour if you're not willing to paddle into eight foot barreling waves. The uh, It's insane. The fact that they can't call him out from the booth is also totally wild. I wrote about that and was going to write a lot more. But the okay. fact that, the fact that Yago sits there for four, I think it was 35 minutes before yeah. he caught a wave. 35 minutes, a long time. Yeah. 35 minutes. Uh, he caught one, and Joe Trapel said something like, oh, and Yago finally woke up, and now he's, you know, scrapping to get back in the heat. Right. Like, no, he's not scrapping to get back in the heat, Joe. He's so scared, and he did that exactly. to, you know, only because he had to. He found an entry that looked comfortable to him, yep. and he went on that, whereas Julian, who he was surfing against in that heat, is just hucking himself, yep. risking everything. Like, the ten- the next heat that Julian surfed against Jordy, he went on what would have been the best 10-point ride of the event. He barely did not make it, but it was like the thing was one of the unmakeable ones, one of the ones that just isn't surfable, and he went. Uh, and again, not to, not to beat a dead reef, but uh, the, the commentating, I really like it sometimes, right? Like yeah. I really like me some Kaipo. I like some Barton. You know, it's all fine and good. I just, what, what do they tell them? from corporate like they must have said at some point you cannot be critical of anyone at any time you cannot say one negative thing you can only say positive things and it just becomes this wash of bizarreness like because it's totally out of touch with what you're seeing to see Yago and the panda both not going and to have nobody discuss it, to have yeah. him sit there and talk about it, like, oh, just waiting for the, he's really waiting for his wave there. Yeah. When everyone in the entire world knows that they're afraid, and that's not a bad thing. I would be afraid, right? It's not I wouldn't like, go. I, I wouldn't go of either. Course, it's yeah. not It's not like a criticism of, like, well, if I wouldn't do it, then we can't say. I mean, all those guys in the booth would have gone. But, but the, uh, it's ridiculous to me, ridiculous that the World Surf League cannot say one even, rem- one thing that could even be thought of as critical Anytime about anyone. So, fully agree. 
However, it should be stated Ross Williams did. But Ross Ross was throwing the subtlest shade. I mean, it was such. He called Felipe out for that. For that to sound critical, though, yeah. is how high, like high the bar of positivity is. Because he was still saying positive things. He was just saying with a slight edge, like oh, he was he, at least he, acknowledging he it. could maybe sit a little deeper, yeah. or it was stuff like that. It wasn't yeah. like, come on, like which I don't know why they can't do that. I don't know why the commentators cannot call it like it is. Legitimately honestly, call it like it is. Not only should they be calling it to us, I feel like they should be calling it over the loudspeaker, over sure. the reef. Sure, Like, Felipe, we cannot believe that you have not gone on a wave yet. Yeah. Like, are you kidding? That thing was a bomb. Yep. And you just let Julie, or you let Seth go? Like, go! You know? Dang, Felipe. Dang, Felipe could have had that one. Um. So... The panda, the idea that you can qualify for the world tour surfing two foot waves on the QS and then go on to the world tour where you have to surf all of these completely different world class waves is a problem for me. But you, and the problem, another problem, I mean, compounding the problem is you can easily stay on tour without surfing those waves. As long as the panda is doing okay at the small wave spots and also backing it up with a QS run, he can have a... 20-year career on right. the on the CT without ever paddling for a wave at Jobs. Which, here's the thing. Here's what I would like to see, to be quite honest. I get it. I would be scared as all heck out there, right? Mm-hmm. I just wouldn't paddle. If I, if I would not go make a fool of myself sitting there with a, with a rash on, I would say, nope, I'm a small wave guy. Is like, I'm giving up, tapping out. Goodbye. You know... What I can't believe is, or what I, while I don't have the skill set to drop into those waves, I do feel like if you have the water patrol there, that provides an element of safety for me. Like, I feel like I would actually kind of, I might be able to like, um, coax myself into something. I mean, if you're that dang good, like the Panda and all these guys, they have like, Liago's got lightning quick reflexes, right? Where to me, the... To surf a wave like Chopu, and listeners, correct me when I'm wrong, you just need guts and reflexes, right? Totally. you got to be able to get to your feet lightning quick, get the board pointed. I mean, I think one of the Hobgoods talked about it in the booth of nine-tenths, or maybe it was even Ross. Like, at Chopu, nine-tenths of the ride is done when you stand up. It's, like, all about being in the right spot on the reef and getting your board board pointed the right way. Yeah. Uh, and that's it, right? And so you just need l- guts and reflexes, which Yago's got reflexes all day. If I had reflexes all day long, I would go stinking guts. You don't have to learn. Guts is just a, you just force it. Yeah, you're I mean, absolutely right. Every one of those guys has the technical prowess to do everything that's required to get onto a wave out there and make it. I think that's they the fr- just don't have the balls. I think that's the frustrating thing as a viewer, seeing those perfect waves, thinking if I had even a tenth, even one tenth of the scale that Yagodora had, yeah. I would be hucking over those. I would be sitting as deep as I could, not not thinking that I'm going to make them, but willing to just blow up on the reef, just knowing that I have the physical skill. Yeah. All I have to do is mentally throw myself over the ledge. I've got it, I've got it, I've got it, and just do it. The other crazy thing is, like, William was on the QS for, whatever, 10 years yeah. trying to qualify, and he's currently not going to re-qualify for next year so literally your career that you've worked for a decade or more trying to get to is on the line 
all you got to do is go. Yeah. That's crazy. crazy. I mean, it's wild. You're just going to let it go. You're just going to let it slip through your hands. Too scared. Your dream. Too scared. Shocking. Amazing. I know. It's a good, I mean, it's a, it's a fantastic story. I don't know why nobody's talking about it. That's so just like we're shaming the commentators for just glowingly kind of, it's all positivity at all times. It's the way surf media is too. Like every magazine outlet, I didn't see anybody even acknowledge those guys. Yeah, Yago and and the Panda. Correct. They didn't shame them. I mean, I shamed them, and Beach Grit. I didn't, a, I didn't maybe, go hard. Maybe you had yeah a sentence or a paragraph within an article, but there yeah. was no headlined article that is like. Yago, you know, Yago Dora too you guys afraid to be go. Embarrassed. Yeah, I mean, do you think they are embarrassed? Do you think Yago and the totally. Panda like woke up like went in that day? Just filled with such shame? Yes. I think they paddled to the boat with their kind of head down. Yeah. Because look at sponsorless, Kayo Abelli and Jadson Andre. Oh, Kayo. Kayo and Jaddy both were some some of my favorites of of the event. How could you not be endeared to those guys, right? And then Felipe, who's clearly overcoming his fears... Like he's trying, he's he's cowered on the shoulder in past events, and now you see him, like Ross said, kind of gets a wave, builds courage, works his way deeper up the reef until he actually kind of gets a proper one, claimed it so hard, which needs to become a meme. Sure, you know, like that claim needs to become a meme. Uh, but he's but he's giving it a go, Philippe. He's you could see him giving overcoming, it, giving it a scratch. Yeah, you see him overcoming his fears. Yep. Which there's a little bit of something endearing to that. Completely. You know? So I think for Yago and William to have all these other compatriots who are making them look bad, basically. Yeah. I mean, everybody. By contrast. Who, who, else, who else just flat out didn't go? It was those only those the only two. Three. Yeah. Felipe, you know, 50%. Yeah. But those two. Yago and William. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. It would be hard. It would be. A real hard next morning, I would imagine, waking up alone, thinking, oh, I totally didn't go. I just flat out didn't go. But, and, but which, is, which is, again, why I, if I was in their shoes and I wasn't about to go, I would just not get in the water. Yeah. I would say, I am real proudly slash shamefully staking my flag in the, I'm not going to go anyway, so I'm just not going to, I'm forfeiting. That's too scary for me. So I could see that happening on the day that they didn't run the trials. Sure. Where it's like, those waves aren't even makeable. Yeah. And so you're everybody's on the boats going, do we call on the event or not? I could see Yago and William raising their hand going, don't call on the event. But dude, if they call it on, you got to go. Really? I think even so. If, but if you're a if chicken. If you're a pro surfer making hundreds of thousands of dollars a year, that is your job. You have to go. Plenty of days I don't want to go to work. The, I, I mean, go. a thousand percent. A thousand percent. But if you're not going to paddle, if you know you're not going to paddle in... Then don't, That's not an option. Don't even get in the water. I mean, it was for them. They didn't paddle in. When you're hiring for a small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role, and there's no faster or effective way than through LinkedIn Jobs. Your time and capital are precious, and there is a powerful resource that can help you focus on what you're good at and integrate people into your team seamlessly to help grow your business. LinkedIn Jobs has created the tools to find the right professionals for your team efficiently and for free. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. 
Everyone is already on LinkedIn with their resumes and references, and now LinkedIn has designed a hiring platform to connect you with candidates specifically qualified for the job that you post about. More than a billion professionals meticulously organized to connect people by skill set to help us all advance our position. 2.5 million businesses already use LinkedIn for hiring, and 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. It's that fast, easy to use, and effective. LinkedIn Jobs can help you write job descriptions, filter the right person to you, and give you the tools to help you interview them like a pro. LinkedInjobs.com surf is where you go to post your job for free. Yes, totally free. That's linkedinjobs.com slash surf to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. So if that's what I they mean, technically got, I'm I'm saying the option between the so option between not paddling, like being in the water and refusing to paddle for a wave, and trying to make it look, you know, we've I'm sure we've all done that at you know set wave comes in. Big and gnarly. You're in position at your local, right? Wherever, wherever it may be, or you're, you know, surfing somewhere that's bigger. You're in position. You like, oh, give it a half dig. Like, oh, I couldn't make it, right? Yeah. Like, where? Okay, nobody's, nobody's. You know, the the amount of shame, self shame after doing one of those. Like, do you ever do that? Oh, man, I'm still cringing as you're saying it. I think of when I've done that, and he, sometimes those examples in my head are years ago. I still cringe for not having gone. Exactly. It's a I mean, lot of shame. I mean, me too. A lot of shame. Yeah. Nobody was watching us. I mean, it wasn't broadcast. There was no, you know, whatever. Like, so I, the shame for them must be so deep. Where again, I would take the shame up front of just like oh, I'm not going. It's too big for me. Sorry. Yeah. The fact that the Low internet hasn't shamed them adequately is a bummer to me. You know why? I'll tell you why. I think is because people wrongly. Uh, put themselves in those guys' shoes, but as themselves, right? right. So it's like Chaz Smith's skill in Yegador's body, and I'm thinking I'm not going to go either. So you know, I but it's not Chaz Smith's skill. If you're Yego, you're stinking good, and if you're that good, and William too, I guess is okay. I don't think he's that good, but good enough, good enough to be on the tour. Yeah. Uh, if you're that good, and it's just a matter of will, you gotta you gotta sort your will out completely, and. This only validates the original point of there's too many surfers on tour. Exactly. Dude, if you're not going to go at perfect eight-foot reef pass barreling waves, then you are not a pro surfer to me. Goodbye. You're yep. not, you shouldn't be on the world tour. Yep. Don't yeah. watch you. Don't totally. care. And you're never... Let's get real. Those guys are never going to vie for a world title, at which point, why even be on, world, on you, the tour? You know what I'm really going to cheer for at Lemoore? I'm going to cheer for a Yego Dora win. Okay. Yego. Because how bad does that make Lamore look? If the guy who doesn't right. go in proper surf wins that event? Well, so wah, wah, wah. to that exact point, seeing what we saw from Felipe, he only went on one wave. Yeah. Because the very next, after he mustered that courage, 
the very next heat against Seth Moniz, he had lost all of it. And oh, he yeah. didn't go. And he let Seth go when Seth didn't have priority time and time again. So the question is, if Felipe wins a world title this year, does it undermine pro surfing as a whole to have a world champ who is not willing to go on eight-foot perfect barreling waves? Again, back to your point, I will say that Philippe gave it a gave it a go. It wasn't a great effort, and I went on one wave. Yeah, it's not a good it's not a good look. It undermines surfing. It's it, not a good look. It's true. It's not. It's a real bummer. It's a real bummer. And then, no, if, no and then to, to your point, if he shows up in a wave pool and does a Flares. the most jazz hands dance that you could do, it's like, well, this is what surfing has become now. We highly value this gymnast in a wave pool. And we have no value for going out and getting barreled into heat. Somebody brought it up. I can't remember who. It was either in Beach Grit comments or maybe Derek or maybe Long Tom. One of them. Somebody. Somewhere on Beach Grit. It was brought up that the uh, waves should be weighted. Where Pipeline and Chopu are, oh, yeah. are not the same value as Lamore. Those are majors. Exactly. There's majors and you get more points for a Pipeline win. More points for a Chopu win. Uh, what would you stick... As the majors on tour. Tahiti. And Pipe? Pipe. Um, J-Bay could be. J-Bay could be. I could argue for J-Bay. If we had Cloud Break on again, I would give it... I would Cloud Break. Oh, man. Makes and me miss it. Cloud Break. And that's it. Those Cloud Break days were fun. They should put Sunset on tour, and that should be a, a majors biggie. event. Um, yes, because even the guys like Seth Moniz, third place finish... The performing that he did out there should be worth more points than whoever wins in a wave pool. For sure. Without a question in my mind. With, without any like doubt at all. Those heroics and the, the level of kind of ocean prowess that you need to do what Seth did is worth way more than a gymnast exerting dominion over their surfboard in a wave pool. Here's a question for you. Uh, should the World Surf League bring on like really take a look at the at the waves they have on tour knock off some of the jerky small ones and bring back cloud break like have more have it so it's like pretty even between true waves of i hate calling them waves of consequence but world class world class waves and you know almost acts the small stuff entirely yes you have you can have big French beach break. That's fun, right? I mean, assuming it gets big, though. But yeah, I mean that's a always an assumption on any of them. They could all go flat. But when when Hossiger and that is like pumping, that's fun, right? Oh, totally. Those big sandy, yeah, throaty barrels. That's good. Uh, cloud break, Chopu, pipeline, and then just have your only small ish waves be snapper. And I guess I mean Bell's gets. Big. Even Snapper, you can almost argue against. I mean, yeah, you could drop Snapper off tour, as yeah. far as I'm concerned, to be yeah. honest. I mean, I would. what if they dropped Snapper and Bells off tour? I'd be fine with both those going away, Yep, to be honest. You start at the box? That'd be perfectly fine with me. Yep. Um, I like the idea of guys doing airs, so like you want to have some air venues, but to be honest, the best airs could be done in France and Portugal when people get spit out of big barrels. Yep. Like those are the real sections that we want to see anyways. Watching somebody just finish their wave with an air reverse at Snapper is kind of who cares at this point, you know? I wonder what the I wonder what the numbers are going to be at Lamore. I mean in terms of they were obviously trying to hype it in the um uh during the Chopu podcast or podcast broadcast. Yeah. Uh 
do you think people will actually tune in or do you think novelty is worn off people know what to expect what in the world is going to keep anyone interested other than i guess the fact that it's guaranteed to run this day and this at this time so you can schedule a party around it if you wanted to the sad reality of the world that we live in is you don't need substance to be the most popular person and to get the most views and to earn the most money so all that they have to do is work the algorithms you know and i mean like i i forget what the stat exactly is but it's something to the effect of like 60 percent of all marketing budgets are spent on google and facebook at on this just point. on just jimmy and algorithms on two platforms specifically yep. so yes jimmying algorithms on two platforms specifically so wsl how much money do you want to dump into this and here's the equation you just do it on these two platforms and you will get the most eyeballs and it doesn't matter subst- substantive or not the kardashians are the most famous people in the world making the most money and they have zero talent zero substance zero it doesn't matter you know it's true so um you want to spend your time writing a book you, you could write the best like you as a writer you could write the best novel and potentially nobody could ever read it and you'll earn less than six figures from that novel oh yeah and you devoted but it could be full of substance but that's i mean that's my my problem and i think maybe yours definitely mine is i'm a dinosaur from the past yeah, i think where fine with it. the only thing that i want is quality and you know whatever I would way, way rather do something quality and have nobody see it than do something crap and have everybody see it. Totally. Good news is those aren't the only two options. Yep. You could do something of quality and a lot of people can see it too. Just how much time do you have in the day to it really is disseminate though, it? It's a, mad, it's a mad world we live in, David Lee Scales. It really is. It's kind of disturbing, right? Yeah. But I think here's the thing about uh, looking back about any kind of you know, rose colored, rose colored glasses looking at the past is I'm sure people sat in the past too and thought the exact same thing. It's disturbing. Whatever's happening, dot, dot, dot. Yeah. Television. It's disturbing. People are on television. It's cheap. It's not a good, you know, whatever. Right. On down the line. So our era, I don't think is any different than any other. I agree. But it just is, I just, yeah, there's parts of it that I don't like. Well, so much of what we've talked about kind of segues naturally into the Jamie Brissick article about style and about living in front of the camera how good and is that how article? that's affecting surfing. I, I don't know. I don't think it was his greatest writing. It was kind of just stating a lot of obvious things to me. And it was kind of just taking the temperature of the time and offering some historical facts for the way that um, surfing has evolved from like soul surf, free surf, travel down to Baja with nobody paying attention to where we're at now. But I thought it was a, what I liked about it, I guess, is taking the uh, medium of, of surfing and using it to actually reflect culture back, but in a way that I thought was, sure, a lot of it was self-evident, but just the way he packaged it, I really thought was well done. Just from, you know, obviously talking about our selfie culture now is just redundant and everybody knows that yeah. we live in a selfie culture. But talking or show showcasing it in surfing and what's and then using style as the as the medium i yeah. thought was was in, in deft touch i liked it um w- let's definitely get into it i think i, I mean to be honest first of all i want to take credit i think that whole 
concept for that article was birthed on our show with he, Jamie. I, I have to think he must have already written. He talked about it on our show, but he must have already written it. The turnaround time for The New Yorker and all that. Like okay. he, would, he would definitely have been working on it, if not finished and in edit. So, yeah. Because I feel like the, the conversation came up organically. And he kind of mentioned that uh, the mid-wave pose is the new claim. I think... Well, it used to be embarrassing to claim a wave, and now it almost isn't anymore because of what we're seeing on the WSL. But the mid-wave pose, he said, when you're at Malibu and you see somebody do that, and it's not a guy like, I don't know, maybe Alex Nost, who's like actually 10 toes over the nose, trimming through the fastest section and arching his back because that's actually what you need to do to make that section. It's a guy who's just doing it to get an Instagram photo and he's not at that part in the wave and he's actually not hanging 10. He's just arching his back. How much How much of your physical style do you think of when you're surfing? Zero. Yeah. Do you wish, I, you, do you, wish you thought of it more? Yeah, because my style is probably awful. Yeah. Anytime I've seen videos or photos, I'm like embarrassed yep. by it. So, but what I think my overall thought of reading that article, because there was times in it, or I, I guess maybe reading the rebuttal article on ZigZag, there were times where I actually agreed with the zigzag Andy Davis sure. is the guy, author's name and times where I agreed with Jamie and I was kind of fighting back and forth in my head. But my overall thought was you do your best surfing when you're completely in the moment and you're not thinking about it's almost muscle memory takes over and you're in this fluid state of consciousness. Right. And therefore that's the antithesis of the pose that Jamie is talking about. Mm -hmm. If you're fully in that moment then you're just letting things happen. And that's actually when you do your best surfing. And maybe style is conveyed through that for the viewer. But if you are consciously trying to do something with your hands or arching your back or whatever, well, that's actually the antithesis of the flow state Yep. where you're doing your best surfing. And, and I think too, I mean, I think so much of it oddly comes down to function in surfing, where if you're doing something that's counter- functional that's like if you're having a style you know thing that you're doing because you think it looks good but it's actually slowing you down or you know wrecking your line or whatever then that's when i think style becomes silly and affected yeah i mean i think that would be the very definition of of an affected style right um but then i think of even as i say it i think there's probably so many little weird kinks that like even tom kern and stuff has that affect his performance negatively but they it's just so good and such part of his thing that that's what makes tom curran tom curran right it's the it's an interesting it's point. this mix of what you do that's functionally amazing what you do that's you know kinky and weird but that together mixed together is the style of a surfer that's interesting i would i'd have to think about this before i fully commit to like this does, does craig anderson's knocked back knee is that functional I think it might be. But you're, you're losing all power on your tail. You're putting all the... It serves him. It serves... I mean, it's beautiful. Like I'm saying, I'm, so I'm saying that he's a beautiful... Craig Anderson, I think, is undeniably a beautiful surfer. Correct? Correct. Pe people think over time now that it's uh, affected because I think they've seen it so much. And yeah. it's, you know, got, got roped into this kind of hipster thing. But I think Craig has always surfed that way. When he first started doing it, I mean, it was such a, 
it was almost like Michael Jordan's tongue. And let's talk about Michael Jordan's tongue. You know, Michael Jordan always claimed that uh, it helped him breathe better or whatever, something like that. You know, then I mean, I remember as a fifth grader playing basketball, sticking my tongue out when I went out for a layup, and people say, "Stop trying to be like Michael Jordan." What? It's it's just natural. I'm not even right. thinking about it, man. Like where you know, and so how how many surfers started knocking their back knee? Uh, I mean, I see it a bunch down in yeah. down in obviously in Cardiff, people knocking the knee, tucking the back knee, not as much now, but at, at Craig's, Craig's peak. So I think um, the thought that I need to formulate or think about further before I commit to it is I'm wondering if style, if it has to serve a function, like, because all of Tom Kern's little kinks, they are stylish, but I think that they also serve a function. I think sure. style has to. And Craig Anderson's knock knee Everybody's anatomy is different, and certainly the board that you ride is going to affect kind of how you surf it or what your body does on that board. And I think that Craig's knock knee actually serves him well. It actually allows him to project into the air, do whatever it is that he's doing. Um, I'm wondering if you can actually have something that is functional, that is not, or something that is stylish without serving a function yeah well, that, that might be the exact crux of it is it what jamie brissick is saying is if it's strictly style but serves no function that is the pose but that's but that's what i was saying though earlier is i think that still makes like there's all kinds of surfers i think that do stuff that's interesting uh that doesn't serve a function or that even detracts functionally that's not as good i don't think you've named an example yet though I, i'm gonna really okay i'm gonna i'm gonna really go into the archives here Be, but i agree with it. you in theory like yeah so the knock knee doesn't just become okay because craig does it no no no. it's only okay for craig exactly because of his anatomy and his board and that, and this is where we get to the crux of it i think if you're which again the the uh example that was used in the article of mikey february right. it's not that mikey has a bad style. I think what Jamie was arguing that he has an affected style, which, and the only person who could speak to this would be Mikey February himself is how much of what you're doing. Are you thinking about as you're doing it? Right? Yeah. Because the second you think, okay, I'm going to put my hand here now because it's going to look good. That's when style becomes affected. And I think that was Jamie's point, right? Is that yeah. this thinking about your own style in a way that's you know you're not just doing what's coming naturally to you you are posing which was jamie's whole point now you're you know now you're posing on the wave see i think the one misstep of jamie's in that piece was calling out february because i don't think that february's is affected or like i think feb would surf that way if there were no cameras present and i think a lot of people agree with you too i mean the the beach crit comments at least were you know it felt like uh, four to one in a backing February style, like yeah. people saying, "Oh, Jamie picked the wrong, yeah. the, the wrong." And it's not foil. even to say that I like Feb or I don't like Feb. It's that I think Feb would surf that way, whether or not there was a camera. Whose whose style? Which professional surfer do you know or can you think of that has a super effective style where you just want to slap him across the face? I mean, I just used him as my opposite example, but Alex Nost. Yeah, like Alex Nost, and I don't know Alex, so maybe. Maybe he is sincerely that guy, but I feel like even on land, I'm like, dude, are you kidding me? You're trying so hard. I mean, but trying hard has become a thing now, right? I, know. I mean, it was the anti thing. Don't try at all for so long. 
Is, well, is trying cool again? I can't remember where we're at with that one. Well, that was what was interesting to me about that Andy Davis article was he was saying that that's a very like westernized American thing to um, think it's not cool to try hard, implying that in South Africa, trying hard is fully acceptable and okay. Overly hard, trying overly hard. Yeah. Um, so I don't know where I stand on that. I think that it was the style here not to, uh, not to try. I mean, it was... It would, the cool thing was to look, you know, yeah, like you weren't trying. I mean, for the Dane, all those Dane years. But I feel that that's not the cool thing anymore, in, at least in Southern California. I think I see younger millennials uh, trying is not no longer like a, a yeah, a negative. Dude, it, I mean, honestly, I don't know that we could even put a blanket statement. It kind of depends on what it is. Like if you're... Um, uh, like an exa- uh, if you are using some expensive hair product to make it look like you have quote bed head or like you just got out of the ocean and it's like this very manufactured look for your hair that you spent 45 minutes on that's embarrassing to me yeah but if you actually get out of the ocean or get out of bed and go to work that way and you achieve the exact same look with zero effort that is okay to me you know what i mean so it's not the style Right? It's hard to talk about style. I, I mean, it's, it's never, we'll never be able to pinpoint it down. Yeah. But yeah, Jay, I, I really liked, personally though, I really liked Jamie's uh, using surfing to reflect our uh, almost obsession with self. Because I think that's that's a mark that's of today's is. culture is there's a massive obsession with self. And using surfing, like when you're obsessed with yourself while you're surfing, there's something really broken there. Yeah, because you should not. That's the one time. I mean, oh my goodness! Like I think about myself. Everybody does so much throughout the day that when you're surfing, when you're on a wave, it's one of the few times in your life where you have an. I mean, I feel like a real true break of not thinking about yourself. You're thinking about you're you're actually in that moment, and that's as I stated earlier. When your best surfing happens is when you're in that flow state not thinking about a moment before or a moment after when your best feeling surfing happens though maybe when your ugliest surfing happens could be i if wouldn't you, know i wouldn't know either yeah. all i have is surf ranch and it looked pretty damn bad <laughs> <laughs> yeah but i also wasn't in a flow state at surf ranch i was um, like, oh by the way did surfline get the most the best pr by getting i mean that whole article was about their new feature that they're introducing Completely, but in a totally negative way. I mean, Jamie was... Negative subtly. or positive, yeah, they had it's a, all PR. They had a big PR push there. Okay. It was like a Surfline commercial and, almost. And, and let's talk about that. Or Do you have <coughs> any interest at all in getting that Surfline watch? Zero, dude. I can't imagine something that I would want less than that. Okay, so this was in my honest. barrel or not, actually. Yeah. Was posting um, Surfline Rewind cam footage. The only time I like it is when I can, like, when, uh, what's the dude? Santa Cruz. Uh, Ken, Do- Ken yeah, skin, Skinny posted the photo of him pushing two bodyboarders off the wave from yeah. Surfline can't Rewind. Any, like, the small little guy dude, doing a little something is, it's obnoxious, it's silly. Like, and here's the thing I'm going to say, I'm going to go further than Jamie. All you people out there, all you listeners, it's a disease. If you want to watch yourself surf, then you have a problem. You should never want to see a or uh, okay. If you go on a big 
boat trip or something like that and somebody snaps a picture of you great but if you're obsessing if you're obsessing to the point of going back through surfline rewind and finding a crap clip of yourself on a crap day or even if it's a great day at your local then you have a problem yeah people who eric elo logan has a problem it's a disease i'm gonna even go call it a disease loving to see yourself surf that much is a disease surfing should be only about feeling it and doing it and it should also be completely ephemeral and in the moment and when that moment is done when that wave is over lost forever is there any other aspect of life that you're that it's acceptable socially acceptable to hell post no. photos of yourself hell no i'm gonna start doing it on my instagram every day i'm just gonna go in and do like a bunch of bathroom selfies i'm gonna do as many bathroom so, selfies as eric logan does surfing selfies just standing looking at the mirror that's like hiring like giving your wife your camera and being like hey take photos of me passing through the house look at me going through the living room i'm gonna be going into my car i'm gonna do it post photos every day i'm gonna do it for a week on my instagram and see how many followers i lose awesome a just non-stop barrage of me doing stuff here's me in the grocery store look at i'm shopping getting a getting a bottle of vodka is there any other aspect of life where that hell no and if any man or woman did that on instagram like i mean the people who do do that you know, that's their influencers or whatever they are. That's their thing. Right. But nobody thinks of them as cool, I don't think. They just think, oh, you know, here's an influencer doing their influencer thing. But self-respecting, normal surfers will post all kinds of crap of themselves surfing. Nonstop. Nonstop. Yeah. Look at me surf. Yeah. Look at me well, surfing. The, so I guess the Surfline Rewind thing compounds exactly that because it's also terrible footage it's awful so it's kind of like taking the worst part of humanity the look at me thing with and then adding on that a terrible aesthetic well and imagine i mean yeah at least those influencers her butt looks amazing in a bikini sure you know like there's an aesthetic to it that you can actually appreciate sure the surfline rewind cam thing is just the ugliest grainiest footage from a million miles away imagine going home from a session and having your Surfline Rewind watch thing on. Because, right, it tracks you out there. So the whole that's point the, is... That's the point of this article and this updated feature. Yes, so it knows you, it knows you're in the water. Your watch, and now the camera records that and then automatically sends it to your email on your phone. How do you think Surfline is data mining all that stuff? Because that's... I mean, just think the amount of data they can gather from surfers who opt into this. Which, again, I can't believe what people gladly opt into in terms of pissing away their privacy or any kind of anonymity like telling surfline every time you go surfing where you go how long you stay in the water all of that kind of stuff is to me just just so you can have a shitty photo yourself or a shitty little video clip is asinine what people piss their freedom away for is completely ridiculous just opting in to full-on surveillance state so i wonder about that like for Google has all of my information, right? Sure. And in return, I get amazing maps for anywhere that I go in the world. I get free email. You know, I get all these things. Is that the greatest deal ever for me or is it the most expensive deal ever for me? I think it's probably uh, Facebook is probably the most expensive deal ever for you. Uh, Google is I feel Google, yes, they're mining. Because they're less nefarious than Facebook? No, I don't think they're less nefarious. I just think the offering of Google is greater than the uh, Facebook. What, you get to see your buddy's prom picture from 18 years ago, right? Good point. Aside from that, like you don't use Facebook maps or all that, right? Like where I feel the, the evil of Google, um, 
or the exchange that's happening there. Google is definitely coming out way ahead on that exchange. How much ahead? I don't know. But Facebook, there's not even it's not even a question. Facebook, you're you're pitching everything away and getting the worst thing ever. Yeah, I agree with that assessment. The Google thing, it's like how much would you actually pay to use those maps? Yeah, I pay a lot. Yeah. Well, and the email thing, it's like I'd pay a lot for those things. The idea that I get them for free is shock is like really amazing. We're living yeah. in an amazing time. And then in return, they get all of my information to sell however they want and then kind of I get curated ads for me. And I guess um they'll use that they've been proven, not they, but Facebook's been proven to utilize that information to sway political elections and all this other stuff <laughs> that definitely affects my life in ways that I am not in control of and potentially very negatively. Um, so it's hard to even kind of weigh out. Sure. Well, I mean, we just, we just don't know. But the fact that back to Surfline, you know, that Surfline is a fairly, you know, what I, I won't call it a shitty company. It just is what it is. But everybody who buys that watch is comp- for that's what they're, you know, and of course, anybody could argue, well, what? We, we pissed anonymity away forever ago, right? Nobody's anonymous. Everybody knows everything. So who cares? I'm just, I'm just going along with this whole thing. But giving up, like telling Surfline where you go, how long you surf, da 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 just for a little clip of yourself. I mean, that's all you get, right? I mean, I guess they give you board speed, your fastest way. Yeah. But even surfing analytics on that kind of stuff. Who wants that? I don't care at all. If dude. somebody, I would love for a listener to chime in at some point and say, yeah, this is why I like it. I really like to, you know, beat myself. The last, last session I surfed a wave at 15 kilometers an hour. This one I got up yeah. to 20. Derek wrote some funny thing. It was a while back on Beach Crit about how he got one of those early, uh, you know, whatever they were called. That You put them on your board and they tell you how fast you're oh, going. Yeah. and that kind of stuff. track I can't, can't, there was a the couple word track companies. was in it yeah the, uh and so he though just said what it did to him where he would just try to go surf faster and faster every day uh just to try to beat his high score basically which that's kind of funny like a thing that if you're just gonna make a game out of it yeah but in terms of surf lines with the idea that you're gonna become a better surfer here's the thing i don't think you'll ever become a better surfer by watching yourself surf um i mean i think pros can I think the average Joe who watches video of themselves, grainy surfline footage or whatever, even if it's high def, small surfline footage, uh, without a coach or without somebody to really say, okay, look at buddy, here's, you know, just trying to do it yourself, I think is, is ridiculous. Yeah. I don't think you get better surfing. Futile effort. And that, that's not the reason why they're watching it. No, they're doing course, it. Of first. course not. But yeah, Surf, Surfline is partially selling it as a yeah, the world's best coaching tool, right? Of course. Like watch yourself surf and get better. Um, there's a new documentary that just came out on Hulu called Jawline. Mm. Have you seen the ads no. for this? It's really interesting. It follows um, teenage, like young teenage Instagram influencers. So. The main storyline is following this one kid who lives in the backwoods of Tennessee, who's probably got like, you know, 3,000 followers, which is a lot for this podunk town. But he's real pretty, and he's kind of like catering all of his content to like 13-year-old girls who like fawn over him. And it's watching him rise in popularity and then partner with an agent or a manager who's going to like take him on tour and all this sort of stuff. And then the secondary story is an actual manager living in LA who has 
all of these like really like important influencers similar style though all young boys teenage boys and he has deals this manager is also young he's like 20 years old but he has all these contacts at instagram where he can like get you verified and one of his uh clients that they're interviewing he's like yeah you know when i met him I had 30,000 followers and I've been with him for six months and now I have 600,000 followers. So like he really helped me grow and they show them, they get an email from Old Navy and they're like, okay, here's the two outfits we have. Old Navy, here's the script. You need to, we're going to film the Instagram story and you need to look at the two outfits, pick which one you like better, put it on, smile at yourself and then walk out the door to school. Okay, let's shoot that right now. We need to have it posted by 9 a.m. or 7 a.m. because that's when kids are getting dressed and going to school. Like that's how scripted and manufactured all of this is, right? Well, what was craziest about it was these kids would go on tour throughout the country and girls, 13-year-old girls pay to watch these guys on stage. None of them have any discernible talent they're not what are they do on stage do they talk great question i'm still confused about it yes they talk they turn to the audience they're like they pull three girls up and they go okay you can ask me three questions and the girls are like giddy and they're crying as if it's the beatles back in the 60s and they're like okay um what's your favorite song and they start giggling and crying and the kid's like oh well right now my favorite songs are and he tells them then they then the girls wrap the boys up in toilet paper and everybody in the audience is laughing and crying and excited and then the boys try to break free out of the toilet paper wow so it's what a crazy world it's insane dude the, uh... and then the girls can pay for a premium experience where it's backstage afterwards they have one-on-one time with these guys and the craziest thing about it is all of it everybody has their phones out so while they're on stage the girls in the audience have their phones out and they're streaming it. The girls who are actually on stage that got picked are streaming it. The boys also have their cameras out and they have it in selfie mode and they're streaming it and they're getting those girls in the shot and those girls want to be in the shot because this is their... It's in, in none of them. They're not singing a song. They're not telling a joke. There's zero talent. What has happened? It's wild. It's idiocracy. We've, we've, we've arrived. Dude. We're deep into it. And that kid from Tennessee is like asking these, because now he's on tour with these kids, and he's asking them, he's like, give me more like ideas for like when I'm streaming, what are the things that I can say to my fans? And I'm like, fans of what? Yeah. Like, what? You're not even sure what thoughts are in your brain that you want to convey to your fans because all of it has zero substance, by the way. They're not, a lot of what they're doing is just like, you're good enough, girl. Like, it's okay. Life gets you down, and it's okay to, like, just be positive. It's all about positivity, man. Oh, man, they're just they should speaking be... in these platitudes. And then they interview the girls afterwards, and the girls are like, this is so meaningful. I went through a time in my life where I was depressed, and him sharing these words of positivity to me, like, I don't have a lot of friends. I've been homeschooling for the last three years, and my internet friends are my true friends. So to meet him in real life means the world to me. Is this why Joe Turpel doesn't say anything negative? Is this the actual audience? Yes. Is it just everybody, yes. all these 13-year-olds yes. are listening and thinking, yeah, that, man, oh, wow. Is negativity... We're saying negative. Is that like a mark of a of a older man? Is that like it a thing that is, is that like a not cool thing to do? 
is like say anything Old man critical. Smith on his porch yelling at the kids to get off the lawn. Yeah, is who you are at yeah, this point. I am. I totally am. Get off my grass. That's stupid. You guys are stupid. Yeah, all you are stupid. That's people don't want to hear that anymore. People don't want any kind of criticism. When our grandparents or parents, I don't even know. I can't do the math. We're watching Elvis Presley play the guitar and shake his hips, and their parents were like, that is going to poison your mind. Yeah. That's what we're doing right now to the kids in Jolly. See, this, and this is what I, that's what I think, though. I'm always thinking, because I just really, really hate the nostalgic thing, right? Is to, to assume or to guess that it was better then than it is now. But Elvis, and that's what everybody always thinks, is like, you know, the before Elvis, people who, the grandparents who love Frank Sinatra and their parents who thought Frank Sinatra was this ne'er-do-well, and then, you know, Elvis comes, and so it's always this, but is it, has it been a coarsening uh, for years and years and years, where now we're getting to the point where we have kids getting wrapped up in toilet paper, and that's... That's art? That's art. Or, because Elvis, in hindsight, you go, oh no, that was an artist who did something super influential. That, sure. Like now we have a bunch of great music because of it. He was an artist. Are, so are those guys artists? Are they, what's going to spawn from this art? The positivity. I, you know what? Even, Every generation does feel like, you know, that is the breaking point. But I do think this is the indicator of idiocracy. I uh, think we're here. We're here, dude. Positivity. Positivity. I think. All great societies fall. Rome, and it, it, the harbingers of the fall are gluttony, excess, orgies, like thinking that you're unbeatable, uh, hubris. You We're know? here. We're exhibiting all of those things. We're here. We've arrived. I mean, you've got pornography at your fingertips on your phone, like, and none of it is bad at this point like you can engage in whatever kind of what would be immoral behavior previously and nobody's actually allowed to vilify you for it because that would be a hate crime you know and you can mcdonald's sells more hamburgers than you know like all of it is just all gluttony hedonist excess it makes me sad yeah what would we're gonna crash hard dude but you know what saves it negativity it does criticism shame yeah shame that's what we need William Cardoso you go on away you pushed out Yagodora if I see you next time I see you what am I going to do to to, uh, Yagodora next time I see him I got to do something that's like hey Yago I think maybe just a solid like looking him up and down and just shaking your head that's good that's a good shame look see we have to bring back our ah Man, see, it's so Disgusted. true. It is, you, Maybe spit onto the you ground next to You sicken me. You sicken me. Yeah. Yeah, it's good. Shame. Shame is what saves Bring us. Bring it back. I'm, I would try. I'm trying every day. All right. Critical. This is our anthem. Yeah. Shame and criticism. Um, you so all suck. In regard to interesting things that are on TV, are you uh, fully into season two of Secession? Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Yes. It's just as good as season one. It could be better. It could be better. I mean, it is the best season. I'm, I've been claiming it all week, totally prematurely, that Secession is the greatest show that was ever made. I'm in, dude. Yeah. You turned me on to it, um, so I want to give you credit for that. There's a lot of shows that I'll watch while I'm doing something else, 
right? It's not on se- in the background. Not secession. Or whatever. No, I sit down yeah. and focus and watch. There's a lot to absorb in it. Shiv, the characters. I love Shiv, dude. Epic. Shiv's Epic. better. Like, I didn't really care about Shiv last year. Now no. she's kind of a badass. Kendall. I mean, all every character on there. Every Sing Tom. Every character is perfection. It's like, so good. I don't know how they did it. I mean, you know, we talked about it. I think it's Will Ferrell produced. And, I know. And Adam it's McKay. It's the, it's the, I mean, the guys who did, you know, all those Will Ferrell, like Step Brothers and all that. It's the same team that did that. And somehow they made the, see, they, I think they understand. They understand shame and criticism as a real tool because, I mean, not to give it away, but how sh- beautifully shameful is Kendall having to ride on the back of a motorcycle around? He wants to, one of the main characters wants to ride somewhere on a motorbike. They he's coming out of rehab, and they think he's the family thinks he's you know n- not reliable enough, so they make him ride nuts to butts on a motorbike. He has a driver who drives him around, and he just has to perch on the back, which is yeah. epic amounts of shame there. Yeah, beautiful amounts of shame. Yeah. Oh, maybe that's what. The WSL should have next for Lamore should bring Yago and William into the event on the back of a motorcycle. Perfect. Yeah, just drive them in. Everybody else gets to drive their own dirt bike in. You know, it's Lamore. They have to drive in on the back of a motorcycle. Or they have to ride a wave tandem. Yeah. <laughs> they're behind somebody. I think, honestly, the perfect amount of shame would be they're not allowed to surf Lamore. Yeah. How good would that punishment You didn't go? Be? I mean, you're like, Yago, you could win this event, except you're not allowed to surf it. I mean, because you didn't go. The But even Stab, it makes me real sad. I just got a text about Stab totally off the shame game. Stab, come on. It was like a history. I, I helped build a beautiful history of shame at Stab. And now, gone. Stab What's, just praised the World Surf League for its polished broadcasts. They, so they wrote an article about how they, good they were. They were commenting to somebody else oh, okay. and just really backing up, like, "Come on, guys, those polished broadcasts." Yeah, like being being serious about it. That's funny. Polished broadcast. Um, WSL broadcast. I'm gonna say is total bullshit. I disagree. Like the, they the, give me what I want. Aside from the commentators being, I mean, that's that's what I mean. I mean the broadcasters. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. that wall of positive noise. So I was writing, editing. I just finished third book i was editing it during that uh that good chopu day so i had book open i had uh beach grit comment live up and then i had wsl playing as good as it could it was so was it glitchy for you it was horribly glitchy for me yeah, the entire it time it was weird it streamed fine on my phone but my computer was glitchy i could get it to go on my phone way better than my yeah. computer uh, my computer just flat out wouldn't work it was like horrible cd you know those old uh first generation car cd players yeah the ones that didn't have skip protection yeah and you like any kind of bump you hit it that's what my computer watching was but anyway the wall of noise the wsl wall of positive noise gave me such a headache uh after two hours i mean obviously everybody turns down the commentators right away but just say something real say anything real like it it honestly hurts my brain to hear that much Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, I love Barton and I love Kaipo. I'm sure they're all great guys. Say something real. Yeah. Say something that, I can, that I'm can that i seeing happening and provide some kind of context. And it doesn't have to be negatively critical. Just provide any kind of critique. Yeah, exactly. Criticism serves a lot of value. Criticism is what's going to save us here. Totally. So that's what I'm going to say. There's WCL, whole careers built around cri- like film cri- critics, you know, food critics. Completely. Like it's fully okay to be critical of things. Apparently not anymore, though. Yeah. Apparently not anymore. Apparently everything is just 
posit it's it's platitudes and positivity. Um, side note: before we get to barrel or not, nah, bullshit. Because I gotta go. Um, oh man, there's another thing. I was gonna say. Side note: is there anything else you're watching on TV? Matt Warshaw, of course. Letter Kenny clued us into Letter Kenny. Oh my goodness! I to be honest. I'm not in love with it. I see the greatness in it. It's too fast. I binge Letterkenny. I, really? I do not binge shows. I mean, I love Secession, but it's not a binge because yeah. it's just once a week. But Letterkenny, I am a full-on Letterkenny addict. Okay. I love it. I need to commit to it a little bit more then. It's quick. My problem is, like, they drop so many jokes. Like, I'm... I'm processing a joke five seconds later, and they've already said three new jokes that I missed. Which which season are you in? I'm still in one. I'm on oh. episode like four or something. I, I think I'm season four or five. Oh and, my god! And the jokes become so much thicker and so much faster. Like by now, it's just like bah, 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 one one fire after another. You almost have to learn the language of it. Yeah, and then you can kind of clue it. That's what I love about it, though, is that uh, I don't know. You know, I mean, I grew up in rural Oregon, so. There's some kind of similarities, I guess, to, I mean, in terms of being rural. Uh, but, you know, I'm not Canadian, have had Canadian friends, but that's pretty much it. But you get to know so much of Canadian culture through that show without just by, you know, pure learning it from osmosis, just right. having it on and having the Canadian isms soak in. Letterkenny's a, anybody out there? Yeah. If you want to laugh, Letterkenny. It's on Hulu. On Hulu. Um, I'm not going to get fully into this, but I'll just throw it out in case you want to comment on it. Did you see Joel Tudor's um, post about the Amazon fires? I did. I need... Oh, dang it. I was supposed... I wanted... To, I'm posting it today. Yes. Okay, good. Yeah. I'll leave it up to you then okay. because I didn't Thank really you. research it, but a email came through from a listener. Yes, I saw it and I totally... I totally... Blew, yeah. It, He's basically... The listener is shaming Joel like, oh my gosh, has Joel lost his mind completely? Like, why is Joel weighing in on this? basically saying that the Amazon fires are not a problem. And Joel's main uh, reason for stating that was because the Brazilian jiu-jitsu instructors that he knows aren't worried about it. Yeah. They're and so those Brazilian the... jiu-jitsu instructors are from Brazil, which is where a lot of the Amazon is. And so if they're not worried about it, then nobody else should be. And everybody else is just virtue signaling by posting about it on Instagram. I, I felt like even it was like... I watched the clip and I don't know where if they were in Brazil, but it seemed like they were. And it was like kind of like they're in Brazil. They stick their window out of their nose or stick their window, stick their nose out the window. Sniff. I don't smell fire. Do you smell fire? Don't smell fire. Fires aren't happening. That's yeah. that's literally the yeah. what the video is. Yeah. And then Joel says ads don't believe everything you read or something. So, yeah, this is going up on Beach Crit today. So, it's so funny. yeah. There's a good New York Times, um, the daily podcast earlier this week that covers it in detail that gives you real kind of kind of crystal clear thinking on what its actual true effects are. And also that like social media um, virtue signalers, it's not all beneficial. Like yeah. a lot of those people are doing harm and they're posting photos. Not that this is harmful, but they're posting photos from other fires from years ago in other forests, you know? I mean, that's like the, these like Leonardo DiCaprio, like big important people. It's like posting a fire from five years ago. I mean, the, the post-truth so, era where it just, yeah. you know, that's what we're, what we're, where we're at. Yeah. Post-truth. All right. Well, barrel or not, we already covered Surfline Rewind Cam So, so nah. Uh, barrel or not, number two, yoga. I'm going to go barrel on yoga. Even All though right. I, even though I don't yoga, 
I totally, I don't like yoga style. I don't like people who, who style out yoga and claim yoga, but some stretching, what's wrong with a little stretching? Why don't you yoga? I need, I probably should. I don't do anything. I don't do yoga because I don't do anything other than sit and write. You do alcohol. I do alcohol and surfing and writing. Those are my, my three food groups, my three physical activity. Um, how's that working out for you not doing any physical activity other than surfing? How old are you? Uh, 43. Okay. But so I thought I was that? 43 all last year too. I had a birthday in August and I thought I was turning 44. So I spent a whole year thinking I was 43, and now I get to be 43 again. So I feel young now. Wow. I feel spry. Yeah, I, okay. I gained a whole year. Wow. I bought a year. Um, happy birthday, then. Thanks. Yeah, 43 again. It's round uh, two. So how is that working out for you, not doing anything physical? Um, it's okay. I, Are you seeing negative effects of it? No. I mean, I feel like, you know, when I chase my daughter down the hill to school or whatever that i feel stiffer than i should and i think "Ah, i I should get in and you know run some laps and limber up a little bit but other than that no it's not like your acl snaps while you're doing it no i'm good good to go interesting you've been blessed with good genetics do nothing Hmm. right drink surf yoga is the first step for you though like that is the stepping stone and I think, I mean, it could be the final stone too. Like it is the right thing that you could layer into your life where you would see immediate benefit from. Do you do yoga? Yeah. Do you, how long have you been doing yoga? A decade. Are you a, like a good, I mean, do you have, do you do hot yoga? Do you yes. do? I prefer hot. Um, how often do you do yoga a week? Uh, so I took a year off. When I say I've been doing it a decade, I mean, like I started a decade ago, but it hasn't been consistent. It's not as if I'm going three times a week for the decade. Um, there's been times where I certainly have and even years stretches probably where I have, but for the last, and then about two years ago for about a year, I was doing Bikram, which is 105 degree, 90 minute, uh, pretty rigorous or strenuous did that maybe once a week or so for a year, but for the past year have not done any yoga and just in the last month got back into it and immediately am reaping the benefits of it. What are the benefits? Better sleep? Yeah. More mentally and emotionally than physically. Um, And especially the hot. Like doing one hour hot, you purge just so much. I mean, you're sweating everything out of you. But then, so you come out and you feel, um, I hate the idea of toxins or like detoxified, but you feel detoxified. Your body just feels cleansed. And then you're emotionally cleansed too. Like whatever you were stressed about before, you cannot be bothered by after that because you beat the crap out of yourself. Okay, I'm going to go try yoga. It's good, dude. I'm going to go give it a go. And it's hard no matter how good you get at it. Like you could spend 20 years doing it, it's still really hard. Okay, sold. Yoga. Okay, cool. Yoga, barrel. And I have no qualms about recommending that to everybody within the sound of my voice. Sweet. Yeah. Yoga barrel. All right, final barrel or not. GoPro footage. This is really about like when you're stri- when you're scrolling Instagram, when you're looking at videos online, surf related. When you see that it's GoPro GoPro footage, how do you feel about it? I feel pretty good. Really? Uh, if it's especially if it's like an Anthony Walsh, like somebody good at you know, those guys that capture GoPro footage well. Like I guess I'm thinking specifically in barrel footage. I'm hyped on it. Yeah. I like it. I think I've lost all interest. Really? Even in, so. even in the good stuff? 
I guess you don't see that much bad GoPro footage anymore. None of it's good to me. Like, like a big cavernous slow motion lip coming over. I hand reaches out. You see Anthony Walsh give a little wink to the camera. I think I'm desensitized. Is what it is. Too much. I can't even be bothered to watch it. Like Stab's doing this big push now, um, partnering with GoPro for some new technology they have. And it's like, I watched a few moments of it, and it's so warped. Yep. And that it kind of makes my mind feel um, like motion sickness, maybe. How do you... It's a how, version of that. How do you think that the the public likes it? I mean, how do you think it does? How Do you, do you think that you are representative of a greater movement of people being over it? I do. I think it's a small movement, but I absolutely do think that there is people in this movement who haven't even identified it to themselves yet but if they if they're honest have a hard look in the mirror they'll realize that they haven't clicked play on a gopro video in the last year i'm gonna be uh, you know what i like to do this is maybe a sick little perverted tweak about the gopro footage i always just like staring at the reef that's passing under that's the only thing i ever stare at is the reef interesting I just think oh look at that reef yeah i like looking at reef going underneath yeah. a surfboard i think i so just like I think you could draw a comparison between the GoPro footage and me not wanting to click play to wave pool footage. As soon as you see that frame of the wave pool, I can't take one more. Past. I can't take one more wave. I don't clip. need it. Yeah, I don't need it. There was a Dane Reynolds clip yesterday, and it was like, I like Dane. I'm interested to see. I don't even care. Mini Mini Blanchard posted also a Dane clip from I think in wonderful juxtaposition. Uh, from I think it was from Cluster. It was just a one wave, like heavy barrel, uh, slow mo where Dane drops down, like pulls right under. It's an epic, epic clip. That compared to Dane's wave pool clip, I mean, it's just like right. It's night and day. Yeah. It is something I want to see, something I do not want to see. Yeah. All right. So you're going barrel on GoPro footage as a whole. I'm going barrel. I'm going nah. Yep. All right. Good. Can't wait to read your Joel Tudor article later. Oh, man, it's coming up. I totally forgot about that. I'm so thankful. I've got so much to put up today. Yeah, the podcast, too. I mean, the the podcast, we got Joel Tudor denying the rainforest is burning. We've got... It's uh, so silly. The World Surf League. So I mean, it's totally epic. <laughs> it's so... Joel has become one of my favorite characters in yeah. surfing. I know this sounds like we're talking crap about Joel. No, no, no. I love having Joel. I mean, without Joel, I'd be bored. I know. Me too. I mean, I don't know that I'd be bored, but Joel provides a funny laugh, right? Like an unexpected one, too. I would not think necessarily that it would be that Joel would be this kind of conspiracy. I mean, I guess he totally is. What am I talking about? That's exactly what he is. He's You're a, right, though, is that a lot of it's unexpected. Like a lot of it, like I'm like, why did you even chime in yeah. on that? Or why did you post that photo? Like the selfie with the giant blunt the other day. I, don't, I forget what it was even about, but I'm just like, what? Yeah. Like, amazing this Joel, is gold dude keeping, keeping us on our toes he's so good alright Chaz where can people find you beachgrit.com and giant thanks to Album Surfboards for hosting us yet again oh my goodness it's the prettiest surfboard place in any town that I've ever been to yeah. beautiful alright until next time Chaz get barrel so-